this podcast now boasts its own Patreon page. Become a patron and join us in being a node to help spread awareness and hope. Details at patreon.com slash having a cuppa. Hello there and once again welcome, recorded in the mountain valley in the cathedral, the Ministry of Sound. It's time for Having a Cuppa. Do remember if you want more of the action, Having a Cuppa is now available to view on YouTube through your smartphone and your smart TV. So doing, you get more of the action. Think about it as two for the price of one. Also advertise with us through the use of our Patreon page, become a patron and have your business spread worldwide. My guest today began her career as a registered nurse, but after seeing many horrors on the job, it began a nightmarish use of addiction. But today, Sandra is a multi-hyphenate using her message to spread one word and one word alone throughout the entire world today. Resilience. She's a coach and by the time of this recording, she is also a published author with her brand new book, Rockstar Resilience, having just been released just in time for Christmas. You can enjoy this light-hearted conversation, so let's get to it. It's a roast of Sandra Lee. Be prepared. This is Having a Cuppa. Get ready for the show. A cup of your finest brew, thanks, love. Cheers, you're a gem. (sighs) Round and round we go, where we stop. Nobody knows. Best get to it then. I've been involved in the media industry for almost 10 years, but what interests me most is the triumph of the human spirit. So off I go to parts unknown. This is The Journey. will lead us to the truths of the heart, taking us to destinations far and wide. From the US, the neighbors to the north, the UK, and everywhere else in the fray. 
Join me. Sit back for the ride. Good tidings we bring. We're having a cuppa. Michigan. Sandra, what a pleasure. Thanks for coming on and uh, having a cuppa. It's a pleasure to have you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here with you. Well, the feeling is mutual. The feeling is mutual. We met, of course. Uh, there's a companion podcast that I do, a live stream on Fireside Chat with Daniela Park from Doing It Sober Live. And Sandra, you and I also have another friend uh, in conjunction with uh, the Empower to Recover, in which you're going to be speaking this coming November, yes. Jay Barnard. But before we get yes. to all the niceties, you told me that, in fact, you have a medical background. You were a trauma nurse or an emergency care nurse. Tell me a little bit about that story of yours. Yes. So I, uh, I am a registered nurse. When I first started my nursing career, I started out in the emergency department uh, and I worked in the emergency department for about five years. And then um, I actually started getting uh, symptoms of PTSD uh, from my job. And I was no longer able to facilitate in that capacity as a trauma nurse anymore. I started having panic attacks at work and I was uh, pretty much ashamed and embarrassed that I suffered in silence and I didn't ask for help. I uh, actually ended up quitting that job. Now, I'm sure whenever you work in that field of medicine as a nurse, you see quite some God awful things. Was it because yeah. of the things that you saw that ultimately you said, uh-uh, I can't do it anymore? Yeah, well, actually, um, it was a lot of the things that I saw and I really wasn't, um, I guess, trained or know or know how to um, process those things emotionally. And of course. Uh, and so after so long of seeing all these very traumatic things and not processing those, um, it just kind of all built up. And then I just started having nightmares of certain mm. cases in my sleep and I would just start panicking. I can imagine, you know, a lot with like, for example, police work. It's a mm -hmm. profession for which you need to be called for. And that's right. what you speak of, seeing those bodies on those... Um, what do you call those 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 beds? Um, seeing that, for example, and then mm -hmm. perhaps even seeing a lifeless body go by, it affects one's mentality. And do you think perhaps that was the origin of your post-traumatic stress disorder from consistently seeing all of that horrible images on a day-to-day -day basis? 
Yeah, I, I think it was. Um, I also, it, for me, it wasn't just like the deceased. It was um, just trauma, physical trauma to bodies um, without going into detail. Uh, just things that are like brutal for a human to see and experience. And when about in your journey did you start to discover that first off PTSD wasn't just shell shock for soldiers who came back from the battlefield that it actually applied to you as well uh when i couldn't function anymore uh that's when i realized like i had ptsd and something was wrong with me now tell me exactly what insists uh, consists of post-traumatic stress disorder today what are the symptoms what are my personal symptoms or what are yeah Okay, uh, so for me, it presents, um, well, I've been in uh, therapy and treatment for two years, so mine presents differently now. But in the right. beginning, um, mine presented as uh, flashbacks. Uh, I would have dreams. I would wake up panicking, gasping for breath. Um, I wouldn't be able to breathe. I'd be holding my chest and just gasping, gasping for air. Um, uh, my palms would get sweaty. I would have triggers, whether it was a thought or a feeling or something that triggered uh, that, and I would just have trauma responses. Um, I actually used to have them so severe that I would like black out while these panic attacks, trauma responses. Wow. My God. I wouldn't remember them. The only thing I would remember is like gasping for breath, almost like waking up gasping for breath. And I'm sure night sweats as well during the course of those yes. episodes. Yes, night sweats. Yes. Yes. It's, it's a horrific thing to live through if you haven't sure. experienced it. It's, it's pretty brutal. And I think that's why I have so much of a compassion for people who struggle with PTSD or mental health or addiction mm. because I've been there. And it's, it's a brutal hell. What's interesting is, and you can agree with me, the last two years especially, especially since the start of when we all went into lockdown worldwide, matters of anxiety. Yes. I just want to say agoraphobia because people were afraid to leave their house at one point. And yes. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, because what's going to happen now? We can't leave our house. And um, we're caught between four walls and a door. So claustrophobia would also yes. become a, a fact of play. It's surprising to see how all these factors have started to arise from the top and people like myself yourself jay daniela tim lodgen who's going to be on empower to recover with you all of us yes. are now actively taking a stance and saying enough is enough we need to start educating people but presenting a side that is not clinical whatsoever because here's the reason why right. i say it you can have book knowledge. I mean, that's why, you, yes. after after all, you, you're you from the East Coast, I'm led to understand. So if you go to a place like Cornell, for example, you go to um, Bronx Medical, and then from then on, if you want to get your MD or your doctorate for that, you go to Cornell Science for that, uh, for that matter. You can uh -huh. have the book knowledge, but you don't have the street cred. So you're going to be clinical right. about it. But then again, have the book knowledge and you have the field experience with it, bring it together, You've got a powerful weapon. Yeah. Whereabouts did you ultimately decide to start talking about PTSD and mental health? Uh, actually, excuse me, after I started recovery. 
And uh, after I started on my treatment, my treatment journey, and after I had this, hope, my hope came back uh, because when you're struggling with that type of stuff, you're in a hopeless place. You, mm. it's hopeless. It's dark. It's it's a terrible place to be. Uh, so when I got hope again, I just got this love to help people um, go through this. And that's when I started talking about it. Right. And how it about became, it became not about me anymore. It became about me helping people because there's so many people out there that are struggling and suffering uh, and a lot of them in silence. So for me, that's when I started speaking up. Of course. And another thing I'd like to run by you, because we did this on Doing It Sober Live a couple of weeks ago. It's surprising to see how PTSD even extends itself to matters like narcissism and gender-based violence. In your yes. career as an influencer and bringing awareness to mental health stigmas and the like, has that crossed your path as well in the people that you talk with? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, uh, especially um, in in the in the narcissism, narcissistic abuse. There's a lot of people that experience trauma and PTSD from that. That's yeah. Tell me, how about did you go to start counseling? You are a counselor, am I right, or are you just a motivational speaker and an influencer? Yeah, so I'm not a counselor. Um, I'm actually a resilience coach. I okay, teach coach. People, uh, I emotional coping, emotional, not coping, emotional intelligence, uh, resilience oh, building. Nice. Yes, you so different. Told me that? Yes, so I, um, I uh, created a program with uh, eight pillars and it's called Rise and Resilience. And I go through all of the steps that I use for my life transformation. And I go through mindset exercises, emotional intelligence exercises, uh, self-reflection, self-affirmations, hmm. uh, all of that. And so I'm just getting started in the coaching. Uh, so I, I haven't like released my program yet. I wanna ask you a little bit of a funny question. And it yes. seems simple in, pre in, in premise, but I need to ask it. Emotional intelligence is at least the one upside we've seen uh, sprout its head throughout these last two years or so. Here's the reason why I say it, and if I didn't bring it up on the previous program, I'll bring it up here and now. If you disagree with me, please tell me where I am faulty at this. Okay. But you can agree with me that IQ tests are faulty. You know, kids who are in junior high going upwards up to senior high are thrown a paper in front of them. They don't exactly understand what it is that they have to be answering. And if they get a low score, they, that low score is basically, so to speak, like a death curse that's being uttered out uh, onto their lives, which I think is unnecessary because emotional intelligence outweighs just plain old IQ. Everyone can be smart, but at the same time, I'm just going to whisper it, everyone can be stupid as well. But at the same time, emotional... Have you ever heard of emotional intelligence tests that have now started doing the rounds on the net? I haven't, actually. I'm going to send you a link, I promise. You need to take these, this emotional intelligence test. What it is, is for example, I might exaggerate on the number of questions, but it might be okay. something to the excess of maybe 50 to 100 questions. And it's like, do you enjoy pizza? Do you enjoy TV? Do you enjoy sports? Do you enjoy walking out in nature? Are you, mm -hmm. are you, do you like mathematics? Do you like history? Those kinds of basic questions. And then you have to answer yes, no, maybe, not at all. Um, and then based on the answer that you give, 
It tests you on your kinesics. It tests you on your visual aspect. It tests you on your psychological aspect. And then it recommends certain professions that you can apply to based on your strengths and your weaknesses. It's like a SWOT analysis, but a lot more balanced. And I wish that we could have more... I wish we could have more tests like that. You agree? Because it's more uplifting. It's more neutral, in my humble opinion. And the coaching that you do, how exactly does it tie into the emotional intelligence part of it? You've got me curious here. Um... So I teach a lot of uh, self-awareness and increasing your self-awareness and being present in the moment, present with your thoughts and your feelings and just being aware of the attachment to both of them and being aware of your triggers, being aware all of those add up and, and help your emotional intelligence. I see. I see. And... You were in therapy for how long exactly before you started your own coaching program or you started to develop, rather, your own coaching program? Yeah, uh, so about two years. And actually, um, aside from the therapy, I also trained with um, some top life transformational coaches for about two years. Okay, and who are some of those coaches? Are those some of the coaches that we know? Uh, No, I don't know. Uh, So Dave Scatchard, he is a former... NHL uh, hockey player, and he's amazing, amazing life transformation coach. Um, and also Adam Jablin. He is oh, a nice. coach. Yes, and he's also a top transformational life coach. Uh, so I have had the honor to train and be coached by uh, those two amazing transformational life coaches. And what are some of the things that they've taught you in helping you heal from, namely, post traumatic stress disorder and? being relieved from anxiety. What did you take away from them specifically? So specifically, it's um, really, I want to say, pretty much rewiring your thoughts, uh, getting rid of old negative belief systems, um, so many things, lifestyle changes, uh, connecting with your higher power, uh, just so many things. Wonderful. And how many people have come up to you and you have done a lot of motivational speaking as a a whole. How many people have come up to you and said, listen, thank you for what you have shared. A lot of what you have experienced throughout your life and turning the negative on its head to a positive. I've experienced in my life. How many have come up to you? A lot. Um, And you're more more than welcome (laughs) to. Please do. Because remember, this is something that affects me as well. I've been in the same situation that you have, not to the same degree, but Mm. I've also seen dead bodies. I've also been involved in a car accident. I've been involved in five attempted robberies, four in which I, four in which I was all alone. And then the fifth one, which was the big one, where my family and I were um, hogtied with, by three people. That stuff doesn't leave you. In fact, we're now at the, 19th of September at the 1st of September 2022 has been exactly 12 years since that incident and I still haven't forgotten it so I'm exactly in the same position as what you are yeah and I'm, I'm sure it's it must touch you so you're more than welcome to feel emotional I encourage it as a matter of fact 
Yeah, I, so really what just, what just gets me and what speaks to my heart is there's just so many people like myself who suffered in silence. And as a society, we are almost conditioned just to walk around with this fake smile on our face, like everything's okay. And we're almost conditioned to like not talk about or talk to anyone about, you know, our feelings or what we're going through. And that's just such a huge part of who I am and what I'm doing is is trying to encourage people to speak up and, and tell them that it's okay. And are you like one of the people who actually encourages? Because you are, you know this as well as I of love languages. Yes. Whenever we get stressed, of course, your heart races. You stop mm -hmm. breathing physically. Would you be one of the people that says, you know what, just lay a hand on that person and say, it's going to be okay mm -hmm. to help them calm down? Absolutely. Yes. And I teach actually a few different uh, techniques to calm your central nervous system. Would you mind sharing a couple of those? Sure. Um, so there's one that I, I have even done myself. Um, if I feel like a, a panic attack is coming on, or if I feel a trigger, or if I feel my anxiety getting really high, um, that one really simple one is to just close your eyes and put your hand over your heart and just breathe in for five seconds and you feel your heart beating and you focus on your breath and your heart. So breathe in for five seconds. So that one helps. Um, right. Another one that really, really helps, and what this does is it takes your mind away from the trigger, whatever has triggered you, it takes your focus away. So this time what I'm gonna do is I am going to breathe in for four seconds, and while I'm breathing in, I'm going to say C-A-L-M, and I'm gonna focus on my fingers, and I'm gonna focus on the letters. And that takes away, like I say it in my head as I'm breathing, and that takes away um, your focus on the trigger, your focus on the anxiety feeling, because you're breathing in slowly and you're focusing on your fingers. So it's almost like a brain pattern interrupt. I actually like that very, very yeah. much. I, so you I, can either spell love or you can spell calm. I want to actually take it a step further and say that what you've just shown me should be actually taught in schools because how many kids actually freak out because yeah. of the excess amount yeah. of pressure that they have to go through, especially yeah. nowadays where it's right. virtual learning and it's half capacity in the classrooms. There's those glass, uh, those plexiglass panes up and they... Yes, yes. So that's they what can't I do. They talk with their, with their Small friends. techniques just to help you regulate your nervous system and you know, come back to reality because we get that high anxiety and people who have panic attacks actually leave reality for a few moments. I Their suffer mind. from very awful panic attacks okay. a lot of times. Um, yeah. I have to tell you, I used to be a radio broadcaster for six years. I've now left that industry for a while. And the reason being is there's too much, too much 
pressure because you seem like the person who is similar to me like if you have something that you need to do you have a routine in order to get it done now what's going to yes. tell you different you know what works for you you have literally thrown the foundation why do you want someone literally going off on your ear like this because they can't do their jobs but they're the ones telling you how to do your job and i'm just painting with a broad brush here so you're stressed you have to concentrate and you know there have come times in my radio career where people would tell me afterwards you are speaking like at the speed of a typewriter because you know we can't make out one or two sentences of what you have said and then afterwards it came out that i had been suffering panic attacks mm-hmm. and i think it's, it it also stems from you know prolonged a prolonged period of trauma from you know trying to make sure that the pot was consistently boiling on the table when there was only one salary coming in um dealing with 10 years of alcohol and drug abuse and then afterwards having a bout of cancer and not giving myself that time to actually process all of that because you you need to process what has happened to you and in correlation with with ptsd there's something called cancer survivorship and i'll tell you full why that is you know when you get the disease you know you're preparing yourself mentally for the inevitable you know it's it's the silent killer but when you get the diagnosis that you can either go into remission or even long-term remission or complete remission you don't prepare yourself for that as well and then all of a sudden you come depressed and this was brought under my attention from um, someone in the in the entertainment industry who said you know you had these uh, when his psychologist said to him you've had these two bouts of cancer you had the big operation you had to get this cut out but the moment that you got the all clear all of a sudden you became sad the reason why is you were expecting the inevitable you didn't give yourself permission to say, I want to live. Right. I'm going to fight with all my might. Right. So that in correlation with PTSD can be a culpable factor in today's society now. Sure, that might perhaps create the impression that, you know, do we need to become sissies because we need to be afraid of every single given thing? No, we just need to be a lot more proactive in how we treat ourselves first and foremost through self-love and how we treat others i bring it back to the to the previous example where i said you know what you can be clinical and you can have all the book knowledge but if you have the book knowledge and the street uh, field experience add those together you're a whole lot more effective in bringing that positive message across you agree oh absolutely absolutely i have found for myself it, it even helps like my credibility because not only am i a nurse with professional experience I have personal experience with addiction and PTSD, which allows me to. Yes. For how long? Yeah. So uh, that's how I medicated my PTSD. Oh, man. Opioids. No. Benzos. Well, first I started with Adderall. Yeah. Well, actually, my story, um, I actually, from the PTSD, I had a suicide attempt. From suffering oh man, you never yes. told me that? Yes, yeah, I don't think we really got dove deep into my story, but yeah, so I actually, um, from suffering in silence, I had uh, a suicide attempt. And after that is when I got put on um, probably like six different medications, never having had a psych history, 
and never have been on any psych meds or anything. Um, but after that happened, that's how they medicated the PTSD. They put me on six different medications and I was really like zombied out. I didn't know like what I just want to was. say, that's what Benzedrine does to you. Yeah, it was awful. I mean, I was on like Adderall to be awake. I was on Xanax to go to sleep. They just, just loaded me up with just so many meds. You could have qualified yeah. as an extra on The Walking Dead. Yeah, it, you know what? And, it's so, and, and do you want to know what happened? Please tell me. What had happened was I was so zombied out. I like, my memory was messed up and I left a blanket near a space heater and I burned my house down. Holy shit. I went through a traumatic house fire, lost everything we had. Um, and that's when I started uh, abusing the benzos. Holy yep. I stopped, taking, I stopped taking the other medications and then I just started taking the Adderall like crazy. I was awake for four or five days and then I started taking the Xanax and I was addicted to Xanax. For Whoa. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And ultimately, did you did you put your addiction dry, or did you start working a program to combat that? No. So actually, um, to create some awareness here, benzos is actually alcohol and benzos are about the two top things that if you just stop cold turkey, you'll just die. Like yeah. you can, you. I mean, it will kill you. Um, and and I know that. So I actually was very resistant, and I wouldn't go into a program. Uh, it was ego and pride because I'm a nurse and uh, I actually weaned myself. I uh, got the dosages of how to wean and I took about six weeks and my husband helped me and we weaned down the dosage for six weeks. And wow. that was probably the most brutal six weeks of my entire life. Well, I can imagine. I mean, your system needs to adapt. And I mean, you've gone from this high dosage, all of a sudden you have to go yes. less and less and less and less and less. I can't even begin to fathom what the withdrawal symptoms must be like. For example, when I was on yeah. when I was on, on, on uh, um, um, Hypnosil and I was on yeah. Genpain, I literally threw up three days a week, three days a week. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, benzo withdrawal, I mean, I can only speak from my own experience, but for me, it was probably the most horrific thing I've ever experienced in my life. I have never experienced anything as hard as that. It was horrible. I can remember like screaming in my pillow because I wanted the Xanax so bad and sure. I could just feel the withdrawals. Like it was, it was terrible. Well, you bring up something that I also want to share with you. I heard um, Bruce Dern went through the same thing, the actor. Um, okay. Vicodin addiction. Now, why do, yeah. we take, <laughs> why do we take Vicodin? No pain. Okay. So he was up to 23 extra strength Vicodin a day. Mm. And the same with what you did. Went to a specialist who subsequently decreased him on a dosage of Vicodin until eventually down to one tablet and then no tablet whatsoever. So do you think as well, just quickly, and then we'll get back to the PTSD awareness issue and mental health issue. Do you think your experience as a nurse, because I'm assuming you have a background as well in pharmacology, that it actually helped you as well to combat that? Yeah. Your dependence to, to benzo? 
Yes, I, I I really think so because if if I didn't probably have the knowledge that I needed to wean off of it and that you had to do it by certain dosages and things like that, that probably I wouldn't have been able to do it successfully. And I would say, just to disclaim this, I do not recommend or condone anyone to withdraw from benzos at home. Like, don't. I recommend you go to a treatment center because benzo withdrawal can actually kill you. It can. It can, as a matter yeah. of fact. You yeah, know, so um, seek medical attention if you're watching this and you're going to stop taking your benzos. Like, don't just stop taking them. Go to a treatment center. Of course, absolutely. You know, I was about to say the same thing. What I found out with regards to painkillers and um, antidepressants and sleeping tablets, they're mm-hmm. antihistamines in effect, and they're the core component in heroin and in fentanyl. Yes. Yes. How scary is that? Yes, I, man, some of these pills that they give us, like, oh, but in I any just event, have, yeah. Coming back to your coaching, you spoke about resilience coaching, being aware of your triggers, um, yes. practicing mindfulness and becoming present. That's another core concept that I think a lot of people in society today misunderstand fully. Explain to me the concept of being present, getting out of your own way, those two core concepts. How would you explain those two? Um, let me see. So I think for me, like just being present is, um, just being able to appreciate what's going on around me and just to be able to be like instead of like doing just be able to be and just being connected to like everything around me and nature and just um being present being present in the moment and not worrying about tomorrow or or having things on your mind from the past and what really helps with that is meditation Right. Now, if we're talking about meditation, we're not just talking about the classic transcendental meditation. There can be various forms of meditation. What are some of the meditation techniques that you have used in your coaching experience? Uh, So I have used, uh, and what works best for me is guided meditation with breathing. The breathing exercises really, really help you. They help your self-awareness. They help healing trauma. Um, so the guided meditations. I've also done vision, like vision guided meditations. Um, for me, I can't really like, like quiet my mind to do the vision ones. Right. So the audio guided ones work best for me. Nice. No, absolutely. And I'm, I mean, it's exactly like those ASMR videos that you get on YouTube nowadays. The guided meditation I'm referring to, where you just hear those background sounds like the valley, uh, you hear the sea, which helps you calm your mind, and then you get right. uh, people who tell you, uh, take a few deep breaths in, yes. see the sea, see the waves massaging the shore. That is incredibly relaxing, and I must tell you, when I was in dry uh, sobriety before I started working a program, I relied a lot on those guided meditation videos just to help yes. me to sleep. Yes, yes. And I I think people don't realize that like those meditations are like medication. Like it really calms your system. It calms your mind. It helps increase your self-awareness, your consciousness. Like I 
I feel like meditation is so important, especially to pe- for people who have struggled with trauma, emotional trauma. Uh, isn't that a matter of fact? But now let's take the negative and switch it over to a positive. How yes. would it be that you started your NPO, Open Light for the World and Rockstar Recovery? Yes. So um, actually, I when I started life coaching, I uh, like like I said, when I got hope again and I had like an amazing life transformation, I um, ignited that passion to help people again. And because I'm a nurse, it's always been my calling to help people and save lives. And so it just kind of came back in a different way instead of me going back to a hospital to, you know, save lives there. I opened up a nonprofit called Love and Light to the World. And uh, our vision is for everyone in the world to come together, um, lighting the world up with love on the same mission to transform and save lives. And our mission is to create awareness, support, and education for mental health and addiction. And uh, we have an awareness project which is called the Light It Up Project. And uh, we have these bands. It is awareness for emotional mental wellness. And you, there's visible support for anyone struggling or suffering with mental health or addiction. And it says hope, hashtag Light It Up. Yeah. And uh, with that project, we also have uh, everyone on the internet and uh, socials use hashtag light it up with the yellow heart anytime they post any kindness, wellness, or recovery posts on socials. And uh, we also have yellow heart decals that go on houses and cars. Oh, nice. Yes, and this is visible support for anyone struggling or suffering with mental health or addiction. And so far we've saved two lives that we know of. Oh, wow. Yes. And I have, let me show you, these two hearts up there are symbolic of the two lives that this project has saved. And uh, our goal is to light this whole wall up yellow with lives saved. Well, you know what? I can assure you as well, as we steadily approach Christmas time, that's going to start to increase and increase more and increase more and help me write rockstar recovery is also your banner right yeah and so actually we have a uh support uh social media support platform called rockstar testimony and uh on rockstar testimony daily you can find recovery tips uh wellness information and inspiration encouragement um different things on there from our proud partners we share all of their content and so it's a support platform for mental health and addiction recovery wow and you're operating those two handles full-time your npo and rockstar testimony sorry I don't yeah know. well rockstar testimony is just our support platform it's our organization's support platform and we have, uh, we just started our free virtual uh, peer support groups. And so every day of the week, we have uh, free virtual peer support groups with an anonymous option. And there's all different topics. We also just launched our free wellness workshops. And uh, you and we also have free coaching resources. And then we have free resource links. And we have multiple podcasts for mental health and addiction recovery. Uh, from our partners and uh you can find all of those on our website why don't you let having a cuppa be one of those uh, podcast references as well yes absolutely you partner with us we'll share all your information we'll put your 
uh, podcast on our website and in our link tree. And that's that's the vision for the world to come together. I would and love that, for that. That's what we're too. doing tell people you know in fact that's why this audio podcast is now expanded to a video podcast it's nice hearing the voices but if they can see the voices uh see put a name to the face as well like with that poster that you've got up behind you it just aids the experience more that's why i undertook this project you know and that's why i undertook the project that i did with danny because you know this is my strong point so i'm using this strong point to bring awareness all over the world or to yes. aid in bringing awareness all over the world. I'm not the king of the castle, but helping bring <laughs> bringing awareness. Tell me something as well. You also have been a motion, motivational speaker. How the hell did that happen? Because you don't have a speaking background. You're from medicine. Yeah. So um, that happened because I just had the passion. I suffered in silence for so long. I just had the passion to help other people unmute their voices. And uh, so I actually went to a speaking academy. I learned how to build a speaking business. I learned how to write a keynote speech. I learned how to do all of that stuff. And I just started speaking on stages. And you must have enjoyed that experience six ways to Sunday. I take to the that, stage. That's my passion. That speaking is my speaking on stage, speaking to people, pouring into people. That's my passion. And so I've been uh, building the nonprofit in the background, creating all of the services, all of the policies, procedures, like all of that. And I'm pretty much almost done with like all of that. So then I'll be able to go out and speak more. Well, you know, but that's where it is for me. That's where my passion is. I think the next route for you would be TEDx, my humble opinion. You know, I I did. I've sent in two. Um, I got brave and sent in two uh, in two things, whatever whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't connect. But so oh. I'm gonna keep trying. Well, you know what? Try, try, and try again. Try, yeah, try, and try I'll again. Yeah, one day. I had a lady on here. She's going to be on the show before your one uh, premieres. Christine Erico. She suffers from cleft lip and palate. And she's done a TEDx. And she said it's a frightening experience. If you want, I'll even send you um, contact details of a guy who helps you prep your your TEDx. He's a stand-up comedian by the name of Frank King. Uh, And he's also a mental health comedian. I've connected with him. A couple years ago, I've connected with him. Wonderful guy. You'll you'll enjoy him. two pieces he's a TEDx coach par excellence because like with us both here this is his this is his talent yes but tell me now with regards to all the work that you have done becoming a coach and coaching clients privately and ultimately starting these two NPOs um, Love and Light to the World and Rockstar Testimony as a partner and then plus also taking to the stage as a speaker that must have done such a absolute positive for your self-image and your overall well-being as a person and being a light of the world, hasn't it? Yes, absolutely. There is no feeling in this world better than helping people and saving lives. Like there is there is just not. And just to know that you're being used to make impact in other people's lives is just powerful in itself. And you never expected to be able to do this kind of work. I mean, it just started no. coming one upon the other, yes. hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Now tell me, um, you're going to be taking to the stage in November in Vancouver, right? Yes. 
Yes, at Empower to Recover. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be sharing the stage with a mutual friend of mine, of ours, I should say. He's my surrogate brother, Jay Barnard. Love you, Jay, if you're busy Hi. watching or listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, there's one sentence that I can use to describe Jay Barnard, a talkative teddy bear, because he doesn't keep Aww. quiet. <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. <laughs> but I mean, give him props. He's been working very hard. He's been working very hard to bring awareness, not just only in North America, but expanding the feelers to other parts of outside the North, especially with you and with yes. Tim from the US and so on and so forth. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so Chris, where are you located? I'm in South Africa, um, oh, on the other side of the world. Yes, well, you know what? Partnering with us, I'm gonna send you these bands and you can get these bands out in South Africa. Darling, I would love to. Save some lives in South Africa, Chris. Well, you know what? It. I, I've tried to, to get involved in a couple of projects. I mean, this is how this podcast started. I was trying to light the fires under people here in Southern Africa to see, to tell them, you know what? It's, it's okay to to not necessarily be anonymous. It's it's okay to recover right. out loud and it's okay right. to, to not be okay. But mm-hmm. don't keep quiet. Don't keep quiet because that's the silent killer. Talk about it. But unfortunately, South Africa still is also institutionalized. If you have a problem, there's one route, and that is either an inpatient or an outpatient facility. If you've got the bucks, they'll help you. But if you don't, well, sorry, old boy, we can't take you in pro bono. We can't do it for free. And that's how this entire podcast began. I don't make any money out of this. You know, I've been trying to attract sponsors to advertise on the business so we can exponentially grow the audience. But... You know what, if there are people out there listening and watching from my country and if they want to remain anonymous, that's fine. But all I'm expecting them to do is just listen and take the advice what you have shared and what Jay has shared in numerous times and what Jay Braxton has shared and what uh, 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 Tim has shared, Tim Lodgen. Yes. And, 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 and talk. Yes. And talk yes. and take some of these tools. Yes. We've only got right. this one life. Yes. Don't waste it. Right. And then if you if you need uh, services, anybody listening, we have at Love and Light to the World free virtual peer support groups where you can go into a safe space and there's an anonymous option. You can shut your screen off. But if you need to talk, you need support, you need help. We're there for you. And tell me, those virtual peer groups, are they yeah. on Zoom or on like this, Skype? No, nope, they're, they're ran through Zoom. Okay. Yep. You find them on our website and they're ran through Zoom. And uh, it's a real easy process. You just uh, click on it, you get in there, you have an option to turn on your camera and mic or not. Wonderful and stuff. And it's space, space for healing. I want to talk again about uh, the motivational speaking because that's something yes. that I also do. I do motivational speaking. I've done seminars. Okay. I've spoken with women and I've also spoken with men because my passion as well, apart from mental health stigma and you can agree with me on this even though you haven't had the disease yourself um if men for example have had testicle cancer or you know what let me just turn the tables in reverse reverse genders here for a moment when a woman has had either cervical cancer or ovarian cancer there is that risk that they if they have not conceived before that they might not conceive whatsoever it's the same stigma with men who have had testicle cancer or what I've had 
uh, skin cancer, oh, okay. or any type of cancer that there might be a, a recurrence and that it affects their well-being, it affects their mental health, it affects their sexual st- uh, um, their sexuality. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to people about those heart-hitting stuff, but here's the tricky part, or here's the tip of the iceberg, I should say. You need to add humor into it because yes. life life is too tough. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Do you also incorporate absolutely. humor in your motivational speaking? I'm sorry, what'd you say? I asked, did you incorporate humor as well into your motivational speaking or did you just mention facts just right off the bat? No, I use humor as well. Absolutely use humor. Oh, man. And it's your natural humor. You just start beginning with a premise then all of a sudden you just present them with the kicker and then everyone is roaring yes yes absolutely it's it's such a way to connect with your audience too they laughter is such a human connection and then as we start to round off uh, i feel i need to ask this with your coaching do you do coaching exclusively for example for women or do you do unisex or even children for that matter of fact uh, so I do unisex. I haven't done any children, um, and I actually haven't coached any men. Uh, but I do. I, I'm not exclusive to women. It just uh, it just really seems in our society it's usually the women that are the first to reach out for coaching and that sure. are uh, ready to invest in that. It's a reasonable assumption to make because the reason being is there's also the stigma that men shouldn't talk because, you know, if you want to be the alpha, Mm -hmm. you have to bury it beneath. It's so funny. This morning, my time, I had an interview with um, a gentleman by the name of Simon Rennie who runs uh, Mindful Men, which is a podcast with regards to being mindful of your actions as men, as husbands, as fathers. And the big problem amongst men is that they feel like they're going to be ostracized if they talk about, I've got depression, I've got anxiety, I've got bipolar, I've got erectile dysfunction, insert whatever criteria you will. It's okay. It's not going to affect your status as a husband, as a father, as an employee, or as an employer. The crux is talk. And if you're not comfortable talking to you know, for example, another man about what it is that you feel. Who's sitting across from me from the screen? Talk to someone like Sandra Lee here. She will listen. She'll become emotional with you. We need to start showing emotion more, I think. Yes. And I'm not just saying men, but men and women. It's okay to be emotional. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is, is everyone struggles sometimes. It's not, you're not abnormal because you're going through a hard time or you're experiencing anxiety or experiencing something. Everyone experiences those things. And it's okay to talk about it. And then lastly, what I want to ask you, Sandra, if there are people who are currently listening or even watching this on YouTube later on, can you give them some advice whether they are having a mental health conflict or a problematic drug problem? What advice will you give them stemming from your own experience? Uh, what advice would I give them? To I would say, them. yeah, if, if, if you're struggling and you're feeling like, you know, you're in a hopeless place, I want you to know that there is hope. And I want you to know that you have a light inside of you that you can ignite 
and you can bounce back from your situation and become resilient. You do not have to be stuck in the place you're stuck in. There is so much hope, there's so much light, there's so much life to live. This is just a temporary thing and all you have to do is reach out for support. Thank you very much for that, Sandra. Just quickly, um, two things. You're going to be taking the stage exactly when in November in Vancouver on uh, Empower to Recover? November 19th. November 19th. And if people have heard or seen this, again, to repeat myself, how can they get in touch with you or ultimately read up about you via Hope and the Light in the World? Yeah, so... uh so you can visit our website at www.loveandlighttotheworld.org. You can pick up a t-shirt and a wristband and a decal. It's a combo supporter pack and those proceeds help us uh, create awareness, support and education. We're trying to raise money for a scholarship fund. And uh, you can find all of that with our services on our website. We're now accepting donations and sponsorships. And that's where you can find all of that. Well, you know what, Sandra, it's been an absolute joy. I mean, this has been one of those conversations that begin off absolutely normal, then all of a sudden it just goes up and up and up and up and up until it reaches a peak. (laughs) And it stays there. It doesn't dip whatsoever. I want to thank you so much for coming onto the show. You're an absolutely joy to speak to. And you know what? You have to come back. You have to come back and we have to talk about your story further. I mean, there's a lot more that you can share there is there's so much (laughs) and i'd love to hear more about the victory stories i want to see more of those yellow hearts on your wall yes absolutely we just got to create more awareness we got to get more bands out we got to get more people to know about this so that's all the best to you darling (laughs) thank you so much here where we have to make a pit stop but don't fret we'll be back soon in the meantime tell your friends join us on apple podcasts spotify audible and podcast one until we see you again this was having a cuppa for the week see you soon